0: From Smashing the Plateau, I'm David Schreiner-Khan with Going Solo. In this show, we discuss building your own successful business after a late career job loss. I truly do
1: believe that we all on this earth have a mission and that mission is to find what makes you come alive and then go do it.
0: Today on episode 36 of Going Solo, I'm speaking with Laura Rotter. Laura has an incredible gift being able to find what gives us joy, and using her solid financial acumen to build a life of purpose with the means to pay the bills. In today's complex times, you'll want to hear Laura's story. Stay with us to hear all the details. If you'd like to share your story on going solo, or if you know someone who would, please get in touch with me via our website at smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome Laura Rotter. After 30 years of successfully managing money for institutional investors, including Citicorp and Power Advisors, Laura founded her own firm, True Abundance Advisors, a fiduciary fee-only financial planning firm located in White Plains, New York, with a satellite office in New York City. Laura, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much, David.
0: Uh, It's great to have you on. So Laura, what caused you to start your own firm after a very successful 30-year career on Wall Street?
1: Well, first of all, I want your listeners or our listeners to know that I was 15 years old when I started on Wall Street, so it's an important piece of information. I often talk about my time working as an institutional um, analyst and investor on Wall Street as um, divided into three parts. The first 10 years, I loved, loved, loved what I did. The second 10 years, I was raising a family and just took it for granted as the primary breadwinner that this is what I did to contribute to my family. But by the end of my career, and again, it was close to 10 years, I did not like what I did at all. The work was not interesting. I found that the investments didn't reward you for the risk, and I didn't enjoy the people I was working with. So you can hear, though, that It was a long time till I actually left and the precipitating event, actually there were two in 2008, clearly with what happened in the market, I considered leaving. And then in 2013, when I was working for the hedge fund group of Citibank, There was a company-wide layoff of a group of people, and I was let go with severance. Mm -hmm. And so I never considered at that point going back, and I thought about how do I use my gifts on understanding markets, understanding numbers, understanding finance to work with individuals and during that 10-year, I sort of feel like I have a run-on sentence, but during that 10-year period of time, I had begun self-exploration. I had started to practice yoga and learn to hear deep inside what I needed. I took a meditation teacher training. So when the time came to rethink my personal life journey, I felt like there was some mission for me to use the skills I had developed on Wall Street and the skills I had developed in my more spiritual work to merge the two. And uh, so that was my initial thought. I wanted to work with women, having spent most of my career surrounded by men. I wanted to work with women and help them with their finances. And that was what I set out to do. In, uh, when I left Wall Street, November 2013.
0: And how soon after you got your notice that you were going to be laid off, did you say to yourself, I'm now an entrepreneur? Pretty
1: immediately, I was lucky enough both to have accumulated assets in the bank that gave me the ability to take my time to move towards growing a firm as well as having a severance package that you know continued to pay me. I started to informational interview and I in the course of this informational interviewing ended up getting a job offer from an existing broker dealer to join them as a financial planner, financial advisor wealth manager. There's a lot of words used to describe what I do. And so though my intention had been to go out on my own, I quickly realized, especially once I had the offer, that I wasn't exactly sure what it was that a financial planner did. So it would be helpful to work for another firm. I learned a lot with that firm and at the same time learned a lot about this industry, which is there are different ways to be compensated and when you work for a broker-dealer, there you're not always working in the client's best interest. I never saw anything inappropriate done, but there's a, sort of a different standards, and so there are suitability standards and commissions um, generated by sales of certain products. And I um, ultimately found that distasteful, even if. Again, nothing blatant was ever done wrong. I felt like we were always aware that if you sold a certain product, you would generate more income for the firm and therefore for yourself. And that made me very uncomfortable. Yeah,
0: I mean, um, even though in theory, there there isn't supposed to be a conflict of interest, it still sounds like there is potentially an inherent conflict of interest.
1: Exactly. At the same time, back to what I said earlier of wanting to merge more spirituality, if you will, into the financial planning process, I really wanted to start my own firm to, for lack of a better term, institutionalize a process. In general, when you're advising individuals, if you're a a heart-centered person, you are going to get to know them. That being said, I wanted a firm where there was a process of asking deep questions helping catalyze self-exploration on the part of my clients. And I came to feel that I could only do that by going out on my own. So after a little under two years, I left in around uh, late spring 2006. I, I left actually in February 2016 with nothing in place because I really did enjoy and respect the people I work with and I didn't want to be going behind their back you know developing anything while still working for them so i i left that firm in february 2016 and started my own firm in late spring of 2016 and i guess i just want to say one of the things i did is I became a certified financial planner. I had already been a certified financial analyst. That's a designation that I used for many years, again, on Wall Street, on in institutional Wall Street. But one of the reasons I left is I, I wanted to pass the certified financial planning exam. And uh, I left my ta- myself time to study in between starting my own firm and leaving the uh, existing broker-dealer.
0: Yeah, so it's interesting that you, you had a particular idea in mind about running your own firm right out of the starting gate when you left employment in 2013, but then you, there was this unexpected offer and you, you made a pivot to go work for somebody else in a slightly, I guess, a, I don't know whether you it would consider it a different field or maybe um, you know, certainly different than working for a big institution. But there was that unexpected opportunity of working for somebody else to both gain some knowledge and also do something very different than you had done before for a short period of time, a couple of years. Yes. And one of the things that I've observed is, especially with entrepreneurs, there are often these unexpected opportunities that show up and they can lead to often to something that turns out to be quite, quite rewarding.
1: I mean, it's interesting, David, because I think we could broaden that to say that whenever you start opening your heart and being a bit more aware of what's around you, often there are opportunities that show up that you didn't expect.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Um, Well said. So with that in mind, what happened following spring of 2016 when you went full throttle into your own firm?
1: As I'm sure you hear from many entrepreneurs, it's an ongoing journey. The first thing that came to mind when you asked me that question is uh, learning how to price and continuing to learn what kind of clients I want to work with. I do remember at a, a friend, this is a sort of a, a cute story, a friend of mine, Sherry Perlman, is, had a listserv of She's a psychologist of other people in her field. And immediately I had a couple call me and I met with them and they were eager. They they became my clients then or still my clients. And I I asked them, how did you meet me? And they said, Oh, we were looking at listserv and our good friend Sherry Perlman. You know, I see posted your name and I asked how they knew Sherry and the way they knew Sherry was clearly not the same Sherry I was referring to. She, you know, did not attend the institution they talked about. And, I half jokingly said, you know, they had written a check for my first fee payments. I said, "Would you <laughs> like your check back?" Because this is a different Sherry Perlman who put my name up. But again, you know, who knows why things happen? Again, they're my—they've been my clients longest. But so I feel like when I started, clients seemed to appear, and in a certain way, it seemed easier when I first started my business to find clients than. Now, three years later, I feel like I'm working on being much more intentional about who exactly I want to work with and how exactly I charge. And uh, having never run my own business before, these are all a mix always of excitement as I continue to learn new things and and challenge.
0: Yeah. So what does it feel like to work on some of these things that are brand new to you after a long career that you started at age 15?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's, I guess the word that keeps coming to mind is exciting on some level. You know, I'm, I know you interview people, including myself who are older. I'm not, you know, I'm certainly not in my thirties or even forties. And I feel sometimes blessed that I I'm challenging myself so much to grow, to explore new things, to explore new ways of communicating to when so many other people my age are just figuring out what's the next, you know, Netflix show they want to watch. So uh, I feel like it's very exciting. It's put me in place to meet a lot of new people, including yourself. So uh, and of course, the moments of uh, frustration, but frankly, having been so unhappy for such a long time in my previous career, I I do pinch myself every day that I get to choose how I spend my time and where I spend my time.
0: Yeah, that that is definitely quite a blessing to be able to do that. Yes. Laura, what have been some of the most helpful kinds of resources as you've been going through this journey over the last, I guess it's like, 7 years at this point?
1: I not quite. I mean 2016. I guess yes, but it's been a while.
0: Yeah, I was thinking about since you since you got laid off.
1: Since I got laid right? off.
0: Like you you've had a, f- a couple of iterations that have led you to where you are now. Iterations where you have been in charge in a way that you weren't for the first 30 years of your career.
1: Yes. I guess it's interesting what comes to mind now and so a message I'd give to anyone going on this entrepreneurial journey it's very easy to fall into the rhythm of being an employee again an employee of your own business and therefore in some ways a victim of the worst boss in the world who's making you get up at a certain time and getting a certain amount of things done and It's only been the last couple of years, perhaps the last year where I find a lot of my work is finding teachers and coaches that help me embrace joy. I truly do believe that we all on this earth have a mission and that mission is to find what makes you come alive and then go do it. And I would say the first couple of years I clearly wanted stability and so I I kept to the same routine of getting up and how I spent my day and I'm coming to realize that that's not the gift I want to give myself and that's not the gift I want to give my clients. And so, uh, you know, as I look here, I I see I have a book uh, called The Firestarter Sessions by uh, Danielle Laporte, again, talking about who do you want to be? What do you want to feel during the day? And I try every morning to journal to myself and and uh, write down what those attributes are that I want to bring into the world each day.
0: And Laura, what are some of the things that, that you've done or, or ways that you have found those kinds of resources that have been really helpful in um, both clarifying what your mission is and then fulfilling it?
1: The one thing that comes to mind is finding like-minded people I have, I feel like I've been blessed in having both coaching groups in a coaching group with you in a larger coaching group of financial advisors, other entrepreneurs and other businesses, but like-minded people that are looking to bring themselves into the world. So as someone who spent a lot of my previous career, basically in front of spreadsheets on computers and not as much individual interaction. that's where I get a lot of my ideas from. That's where I, got, I get a lot of my strength from. And um, so being open to constantly meeting new people, and and I guess another thing I'd like to say I am in a group with other financial advisors, and I was recently on a call where one said, um, "Oh, I want to get the you know these four letters after my name." And uh, perhaps I take it for granted because I did have the Wall Street background, but I've been taking classes and workshops, learning to be a better listener. I feel like that's something that it's not an easy activity. It doesn't come easily to people of learning just to perhaps sit in some uncomfortable silence, ask reflective questions. So that's also resources I've reached out for.
0: Yeah. And Laura, at, at this point, given everything you've done over the last few years, where are you in identifying who your ideal client is? Uh,
1: closer than I ever been. Um, as I said earlier, I had started my firm believing that my uh, most of my clients would be women. It turns out at this point, most of my clients are couples. And yet I'm still drawn to work with women and specifically women in a transition and more specifically women in a career transition. We, we teach what we continuously need to learn. I still identify, I still self-identify as someone in a career transition. I let go of a of an identity that I, though perhaps towards the end I didn't like the work, I certainly liked the identity. <laughs> and I want to help others explore, you know, others who feel sort of dead inside from having to keep doing the same thing every day that no longer wakes them up. So, both help with the exploration as, as well as helping with the financial aspect of the change. And that's certainly, like in my case, a big thing, understanding. You know what my expenses were. How do I cut them? How do I invest appropriately? How do I make sure I have enough insurance? All these kind of financial questions that help the the life goal. Um, you can't have one without the other.
0: Yeah, they're very much intertwined. So, Laura, for anyone who may want to go deeper with anything we've discussed today, um, access any resources you have, or get in touch with you, where is the best place for them to go?
1: Well, first of all, to learn about me, please um, go to my website, uh, True Abundance Advisors, and that's advisors with an O, dot com. And um, please feel free to reach out to me. My email address is Laura L A U R A at TrueAbundanceAdvisors dot com.
0: Great. Well, Laura, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Going Solo and sharing your insights, sharing your experiences, and share your story. My guest today has been the owner of True Abundance Advisors, Laura Rotter. Thank you again, Laura, for joining us.
1: Thank you so much, David, for inviting me.
0: When you visit the Going Solo website at smashingtheplateau.com slash goingsolo, You'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mention on the show. Today, we learned how to build a life of purpose with the means to pay your bills and much more. If you'd like to share your story on Going Solo or if you know someone who would, please get in touch with me via our website at smashingtheplateau.com. Please share this episode with friends and colleagues to help them learn how to build a successful business after a late career job loss. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.